in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, we've got a big update tonight. A few weeks ago, we were lucky enough to have two aspiring up-and-coming triathletes um, on the show, and they were talking about their very strict training regimen and and how they were getting the the top-of-the-line equipment together and how they were going to be doing um, the Pumpkin Man Sprint Triathlon. And uh, this event happened last weekend, and I was lucky enough to be there with our entire uh, reporting team, uh, watching uh, everything transpire. Uh, so without further ado, we're, we're going to introduce them and we're going to find out how uh, their experience with their triathlon went. So please welcome to the show, Matt and Amelia. Matt and Amelia, welcome. Oh, well, you should see we had people waiting outside. Uh, it was kind of a nuisance. <laughs> But uh, we put up with it. And, um, you know, I knew you guys were coming on the show. I knew that it was a big show because it was kind of part two in a two-part series about you guys doing a, uh, an actual triathlon with an mm-hmm. asterisk next to it. And so I stayed up all night and I wrote you a song. And I want to play that song for you now. Yeah, I did. Here we go. Did we do it? Did we finish the triathlon? Did we even make it back? I don't know, but we're gonna find out. Did they get bit by a shark or maybe some other aquatic creature? Or did they just have a really small time running, biking, and swimming? All in the great state of Maine, folks. We're gonna find out right here because it's a follow-up show from the first show. These guys are really serious. They're getting sponsored, but right now they're here tonight to talk about their triathlon. (laughs) (laughs) That one took me the longest of all of them to write. I can see that. It shows. Yeah, thank you. All right, so you guys, you put in, um, you you signed up. I'm going to do a quick recap for the uh, listeners you guys signed up on, I believe, the 1st of January, 2022. Um, and when did you start training in earnest for this triathlon? Uh, I guess we started training in earnest a month and a half ago, okay. two months ago. That's good. Two months ago. Yeah. <clears throat> two months. And you guys went over your whole training regimen. Um First of all, let me just set the stage for people who haven't ever been to the Pumpkin Man. Pumpkin Man is an extremely well-run event, perfect location, plenty of parking, gorgeous. I mean, it's overlooking this uh, pond, Knight's Mill Pond, is that what it's called? Knight's Pond. Knight's Pond. Um, Just amazing. You know, it's like, and it's almost intimidating because you kind of walk down towards the water and there's this big hill you run back up and... So in terms of the event itself, I think it's like a perfect location, lots of people. Um, and what I want you guys to start with is just talk to us about what it feels like. Because you go through all the training, and the training can kind of be fun because you guys are like, you're swimming together, you're biking together, you're like talking about it together, you're figuring out what your outfit's going to be. But then it actually comes time where it's like, you're there, um, tell the folks when you got there, what the feelings were like, how long did it take, just... Get, walk us through the beginning right before you get in the water. Okay, go ahead, Matt. We left plenty of time in the morning. So they open up 
the what they call the transition area, which is where you essentially transition between the different events. So between swim and bike, and then bike and run. They open that at five yep. uh, a.m. and they recommend you get there as early as possible. Uh, the race essentially starts the pre-race meeting at six forty-five. So we got there around maybe five thirty, five forty-five, right in there. So we weren't. Uh, you know, running and rushing. We we also weren't the first ones there uh, mm-hmm. at all. Um, we you know we we get up. It's still relatively dark in the morning. We they did a great job parking everyone. It was it was like you said, incredibly well run, like clockwork. Um, we go inside. Uh, we check in. We we get our little um, ID tag, which has a GPS tracker in it that you wear on your wrist, like a like a house arrest ankle yep. bracelet. Yeah. Um, uh, you get your little colored cap for the swim cap. Um, we did have to switch. So originally I was in a 54 and under women age group and Matt was in the, uh, or 44 and under age group met. And so we got the email and we thought we were, I was planning on being close to him swimming wise. Cause I was super nervous for the swim. So we actually had to switch our wave to just friends and family. Okay. Right. So we could do it. So we could start together. Yep. So we had to switch our registration up thing, get a different color cap. Yep. Rachel, who runs it, uh, told us that if we switched, we wouldn't be able to win any medals. <laughs> and <laughs> we said, we said, unless there's a participation trophy this year, I don't know if uh, deal breaker. Be a problem. That's a yeah, deal breaker. For this guy, I said we'll be back next year, and then That's we're gonna we're gonna care more. But this year we're just about finishing. Um, so we get all our stuff. We get our little colored caps, our neon green caps. And we go, oh, this is the best. So we go outside. And uh, next to the transition area, you know, if you don't have time to put your bike in the transition area before you check in, they just they have some bike racks there. But, you know, they filled up quickly. It's and, like the first like, moment we walk in. This is the first moment we walk I'm in. I'm so nervous. So this is the, she's so nervous. You know, there's hundreds of people here. Many of them uh, probably have done this before, uh, which we had not. Um, and so the bike racks are full. And so we kind of park our bikes on the side um, with kickstands, walk inside, uh, and then uh, we come back out. Or was it before? No. It was before. So my bike doesn't have a kickstand. Right. Okay. So I went to put my bike up. So And then I realized it didn't have a kickstand because I was borrowing a bike. Thank you, Alana. So I tried to move my bike. And when I tried to move my bike to the to the actual rack, yeah. I oh, stopped. Stop so I'm walking away. And I hear, crash, 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 crash. <laughs> and I, I, I turn around, and she dominoed the bikes on the side of the bike rack. Get the hell uh, out of here. Yeah. Why did I not hear this like earlier? There's like four or five bikes yeah. just knocked yeah. over all like multi-thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we got to take a quick time. So we're not talking about Schwinn's here. We're not talking about Huffies. No. These bikes no. are like literally... Seven, eight, nine, ten thousand plus dollar yeah. bikes, and you're telling me you did a Harley Davidson dump over? Yeah, she did. And like dominoed so slow too, and like <laughs> I just watched it happen, and I was like, no. <laughs> and so I was trying to pick them all up and put them back on, but they kept kind of falling. And, and I'm just laughing. That's the best thing I've heard. I can't believe oh. you guys didn't tell us that. That's amazing. I can see it. That was the first thing that happened. That's yeah, that great. was before registration, everything. Okay, yeah, there you go. So, yeah. and then we register. Yeah. 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 And everyone's kind of, there's a lot of nervous energy. Like, everyone's kind of, like, anticipating starting. But we have, like, hours to go. 
so there's like this guy that's on a microphone telling us how many minutes we have left to go down to have a woman tell us how the waves are going to go. Okay. Waves are how they start to swim. Yeah. So should we keep going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So just I'll do the last thing and then I'll take it back. So basically they have the transition area. They have racks set up there. Uh, and the next thing that you do is, is set up your bike. You bring your bikes in. You put your bike in your very specific spot. And, you know, we don't really know what to do, but we're looking around and everybody's kind of laying out the things they're going to need for the day under their bike because they close the transition. And the next time you're going to be in there is after the swim, right, on the way to your bike in the yeah. middle of the race. You've, you've really got to kind of make sure that everything's in its place. So we're figuring out where we're supposed to put stickers on our helmet and on our bike. And kind of everybody was incredibly nice. Um, uh, and, and obviously, I'm sure they realized it was probably our first or one of our first races. I don't think that was that hard to, to see. And, yeah. and so fantastic community. Yeah. Really great community. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think so they, go down. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Keep, no, no, oh, roll no. with it. Go. Okay, we're rolling with it. Uh, and then we go down the water. And we realize, well, I realized that it is a much longer swim than I thought in my brain. Um, like for some reason in my brain, I thought it would be a half the size. Let me just and, tell you before you keep going, I have to yeah. completely agree with that. When you guys were talking about it the last time you were on, I had a picture in my head of like, okay, well that's, that's going to be challenging, but I'm like, I don't know why, but I was thinking like, oh yeah, I just like scoot around in a circle and you're, and you're back. Yes. It is not like that. You get up there and you're looking at it and you're like, whoa, that's like, that's a real serious that's a serious swim. Like you got to. It was a serious swim. It's a serious swim. Keep going. So, do you want to, so I guess it was kind of shocking to see yes. that. And I was getting a little nervous because I was already pretty nervous. And um, so everyone starts kind of like gathering around. We're all learning. And I, I can't stress how nervous I was for this part. The swim was like the scariest part for me. Um and then I'll take it back from that. I would just give props to Amelia because um, you're essentially swimming out into the middle of this lake, and she really had to tackle a fear of open water to, to do this. And you are very much going out into the middle of um, a pond that we had never swam in before. Um, and so it was, it was a really impressive how she tackled that. I agree. That <clears throat> um, quick question about that. Uh, Pardon me. I had to get my notes. Um, <laughs> Amelia, this is specifically for you, but actually, Matt, you can answer too if you'd like. What kind of a motivator is it to get brushed up against by an, uh, a pond eel? <laughs> so this is a great question. Um, I'd say the biggest motivator. Um, because, Wait, can, I, can I say one thing? Yeah. So um, – Amelia beat me in the swim. I, she beat me in everything, but she, I think most importantly, she beat me in the swim um, based on the fact that she was, we were both learning how to swim, but I spent a lot more time in water. So that was super impressive. And we were kind of going at the same pace. And then all of a sudden she just took off. And I really didn't know why I was so proud of her. But then we got in and I found out. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I found out why, why, why Amelia, so, why did you? Well, so after fast? the first buoy, everything was going great. And I was feeling really good. And I was kind of like, wow, this is a long, long way. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I kicked and I thought I kicked Matt's forearm. And so I looked behind me to like say sorry. And he was like, behind me behind me so i was like what the 
talked to her and I was kicked. And so then my heart just like, I was like, I have to get out of this pond as soon as possible. Like I kicked flesh. And I don't know where that flesh came from. It was no one else was around me. It was not human. It was not human. It was very, it could have been scaly. It could have been an eel of some sort of monster. So after that moment, I just like kind of floored it and went all the way in. Impressive. Yeah, there was no so, turning back. So I think I, the answer to your question is, is it's, a, it's a strong motivation. Yeah, strong. It's a strong motivation. Yeah. No, I mean, there's nothing more motivating to think you're going to get attacked by an octopus in the middle of a, <laughs> of a pond. In a nice pond in South Carolina. Right, right. Um, okay, I, I love that. So uh, you mentioned just a second ago, Matt, um, that she beat you in the swimming and she beat you in everything. And sw- and And you also just talked about how you changed divisions so you guys could be together. And on the original podcast, you're like, yeah, we're, stick- we're doing it together. We're sticking together. And from what I understand, uh, it didn't really play out like that. Obviously, she got attacked in the lake. That's one thing. But then you guys scooted around, and she waited for you there. And then you guys, you know, got in your bike. And I'll come back to the bike transition in a second. But then you got in your bike. You did the bike. Then you did the run. But it sounds like there was a few a few different times during the biking that Amelia kind of waited for you to, to catch up. And – then again, you know, at the end, she finished before you. So I guess my question to both of you is, have you guys proved that when you're running a triathlon, it's impossible to truly stick together for the entire thing? Ooh, that's a good question. Great question. Great question. I, I think if I don't, I don't think so. I okay. think that, um, I do think it's possible, uh, to stick together. We, um, I don't know if it will ever be possible for Amelia and I to stick together. I guess if the question is us, perhaps we did. Um, we were in there were two things I think that happened. One was so then we so Amelia to your point, we got out of the water. She could have just taken off. She didn't. She stood on the side of the pond and waited for my fat ass to catch up. Uh, and, and, and I all popped out. We walked. We went up the hill together. Um, uh, shout out to Nicole Lamro who got a great video of us just casually walking with our bikes um, out to the course. And we did that together. And then we started biking. And, you know, we had really talked about how well, – You of hold all, on. You went part. through that one part too quick. Let's go back. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. guys, just to paint a picture here. So people are coming – some people take this super seriously. Not everybody. There's all kinds of different levels of athletes. We got people that are, like, real serious triathletes. And then you got people that are probably, you know, doing some 12-step thing. Like, who knows? But And everything in between. Oh, all, my God. All body parts, all body shapes. Like, it's, it's a full – rainbow of humanity and that's great but most of the people were like kind of putting a little bit of pep to their step you know people were sprinting up the hill anyways the transition from one event to the other is a time where you can either lose a lot of time or or add on a lot of time and everybody else is like quickly getting on their bike and getting their shoes and like (laughs) pumping it and (laughs) these these two you would have thought that somebody was like sending them to go get hung or something because they they were not there was zero pep in their step. They were just like looking around, where's the ice cream truck? Like yep. you know, like just nice and easy breezy, like no problem. Which it, uh, when I saw it, I started laughing. I'm like, you know what? 
that's the right way to do a triathlon. If you're not trying to win, which you guys weren't right. trying to win, you guys were trying to finish and have a good time. Right. And it was gorgeous right. out. And you were appreciating the moment. You weren't getting all hyped up and stressed. I'm like, let's go, let's go. So I, I for one, wanted to say that I liked the nice, leisurely, easy yeah. transition. That was yeah. uh, that was exactly what you guys should have done. It was perfect. It was right for this first event. Because we right. did went into it and we're like, this is just going to be a nice Sunday morning. We're going to do a Sunday fun bike ride, just yeah. a Sunday splish splash and a Sunday right. small run. So, like, that mentality of, like, just keeping it nice and chill yeah. the whole time yeah. was, like, super important. Well, I think I want to get back to the question you asked, Ethan, but I think in this moment, you know, if you think about it for, you know, the the – tens of thousands of people that are listening to this podcast, I would just say that, you know, until you do it once, you really don't know what your body's going to feel like. And, 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 and my biggest concern was not being able to finish. And so, you know, you're about to swim a third of a mile, you're about to bike 15 miles, you're about to run a 5k. Can you do any one of those separately? Sure. Can you do two of them? Sure. Can you do all three? I don't know if you know until you do it. Right. Right. And so, I think that we were in that, we really went into this with that exactly how you said, which is like, let's pace it, let's finish, let's see what it's like. And then next time, you know, we'll see you guys on the, on the podium. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that to to your question, um, we then started biking and I was really in my head, like, all right, we're about to do 15 miles on a bike, which I've never done before. And then we're about to do a 5k, which obviously we've done, but like, what's, what are our legs going to feel like, et cetera. And Amelia was like two or three people ahead of me, not far, but like, you know, within striking distance. And, you know, could I have put a little extra leg into it and caught up? Sure. But we were obviously on a different pace and she looked back and I was just like, you just go. And she just took off and I never saw her again. And that doesn't mean she didn't try three times during the bike. She stopped on the side of the road to wait for me. And I never got off. And one of those times, her chain on her bike had fallen off, and she had to fix it. And I still didn't catch up. <laughs> and I still wait. I was like, just, just to do. Like, yeah. wonder when you'll come this time. So we're thinking she probably could shave, you know, six, seven minutes off her time, you know, at the end of the day if she hadn't waited for me. Um, and then she waited for me again at the bike transition, and I didn't show up. And then we were. She started running. And uh, we passed each other shortly after, and she was like, should I wait? And I was like, absolutely not. You go get your time. But she she certainly tried. She certainly tried. I think it would have been really hard if I had slowed down the bike because I think it would have actually done more damage to my legs. Yeah, yeah you got you know to get, get your pace. Like, you have to – like, I wasn't really pushing it at the bike. I knew, like, if I paced – I was, like, going, like, 50 55%. And I knew if I'd done it a little bit slower, my body would actually, like, be mad at me for that. Like, I think it would hurt. So, like, when we were going and I was, like, not really pushing myself at all, and if I had to slow down even more, I just don't think it would have worked. Yeah. So, back to your question. You know, I do I think there's a future where we've now seen this, you know, we can push harder, maybe we train more. Mm -hmm maybe we get to a place from the same spot, but I would, I would bet yeah. that in at least the majority of our triathlon career, Amelia's probably going to be beating me um, at the end of the, at the end of the day, but I will say we will continue. I can see us continue. Yeah. I think he'll get, get better. much better. Though. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. Well, I think yeah. one thing that's important to point out uh, as kudos to both of you is that you were literally the last two people in the water and you yeah. were not the last two people out. And, and just, 
it's hard to to put, paint this picture, but they were all different color um, swim caps. So it was like pink, silver, green, you know, blue, whatever. And you guys were green, correct? Yeah, that's okay. Right. And green was the last one in. So, and I think the group before you was pink. So everybody in pink went, and then everybody in green went, and you guys were the last two green. But when you came out of the water, Amelia, when you came out, there was, I want to say, like 15 or 20 people at least behind you, both yeah. green and pink. That is so cool. That's and true. And Matt, same with you. When you came out of the water, you right. so you guys went in last, but you didn't come out last, which means that in that sample set of people you were racing with, you definitely, because everything was staggered by, what, four, four or five seconds, right? So you not yeah. only caught up and lapped those 20 people, but I bet there was a lot of people that you finished right with that were ahead of you because everyone was ahead of you. So I think yeah, that's right. true. You, it, was, it was really actually good to see how how much you guys, how well you guys did swimming. It, it was actually impressive. Yeah, I was really surprised. Yeah, it was great. Oh. It was thank awesome. You thank, that, you. thank you to that fish. Thank yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. That's right. You got to just all they got to do is stock the pond. Just bring like a thousand trout in there and just let them know, go crazy. Um, oh my god! How many people do you think were there? Athletes? Um, Four hundred. No, no, I think there was more than that. Oh, there was three fifty in just the sprint. Oh, sorry, sorry. I meant eight hundred. <laughs> Six hundred. <laughs> 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 okay, let's let's uh, let's be a little bit more scientific. So there was in the female sprint, uh, there was how many? Didn't you guys say three hundred and fifty female? There was no, there was three hundred and fifty total sprinters. sprinters. Okay, yeah, and then there and there was, was probably and the other category was Olympics. So those are folks that are doing essentially twice what we did. Yeah, there was still a lot of them. I think there was easily there wasn't as many, but I was there's easily two hundred or two hundred fifty okay. Olympic. Contestants. So let's call it like 600, 500, 600 people, right? Yeah. The, yeah. the thing I thought that was really cool about that, in addition to there being a, a wide, anybody out there thinking about doing it, but you're like, oh, I'm not a triathlon person, trust me, you could yeah. be. Yeah. Because you it, are. It, it, everybody is welcome there, and people were, it was awesome to see, and it was great to see how much support was there for people, not just in the form of family and friends. But there were like a million volunteers everywhere you looked, which was an orange shirt. They were all doing something. They were happy to do it. It was, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse any more than I already have. But in terms of organization of event, that's an A++ event. It really is a good event. And for me, I guess, you know, we, if there was any chink in that armor, we would have seen it because – being towards the end of the pack, if people are going to lose their motivation to cheer you on, it's going to be us, right? Yeah. I mean, we weren't breaking any land speed records. And I found that the people at every turn on the bike course, at every transition, were just super, super supportive. And I was impressed that even me, I'll speak for myself, even me who was sort of towards the end of the pack, um, I felt like they were right there for me, just like they would have been for the the, the first person in line. Well, we literally were the the friends and family and right. dinner so we were like the end of the totem pole. Yeah. Well, I think that's. Let's not get. Uh, don't get racist. 
You know, I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that is a micro. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, you know what? Take it back. You know what? This is a safe space and we're all learning. <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I'm sorry. Good note. Ruined it. We're learning. No, that's okay. You, you ruin the last one and you'll ruin the next one too. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now before there is one other like side bonus topic, everyone listening, you're so, you're so lucky because in addition to hearing about their amazing triathlon success, you're also going to hear about a movie that they recommended that I watch, but I don't want to, I don't want to jump away from the triathlon subject. If you guys have something else to say, so are there any other general thoughts, things you want to communicate, things you want to say? anything about the triathlon that you want to speak to the public right now? I would just say Ethan Jewell, Aaron Jewell, Nicole Lamro, Deborah Lastoff were our cheering section and you guys showed up and it was early in the morning and it was long and there was huge gaps and we're just so grateful uh, for the support. And I can't tell you how helpful it was to have all you guys there. Um, uh, you know, just, I, I will say Ethan that, uh, when we got later in the day, you made a comment to Amelia before the swim that it's really just that moment, that stroke, that second. And I know that that helped her. Totally. So I think it was really just great having you guys there. And uh, Ethan, I just can't wait for you to join us at, at Pumpkin Man <laughs> next year. I think you're going to do a great job. Oh, I'll, um, I'll be there. I'll be no. <laughs> there just in the same capacity I was this year. I'll be there with a big smile on and yep. a nice coffee. I, you know? A jersey and a swim cap. I had so, so much fun. I just want to say how much fun I had. I just had such a fun time. Like when I finished, I was just like on cloud nine. I didn't feel like sad or fatigued or anything. It just felt like really good. So I was really happy for my body that it's in such good working condition that I can do something like that and not feel like really worn down after. And I think that that's something to be thankful for. A hundred percent. I mean, for sure. And it also says, in addition to being thankful for being able to participate, you guys trained the right way. You weren't worn out. You didn't overdo it. Yeah. You finished every event. You finished the toughest event better than some people did. So I would say not only are you guys both fortunate to have fully functioning athletic bodies, you're also, you know, you guys went about the training, obviously, in a, in a way that works. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's totally nice. agree. Yeah. So then yep. we, we were we were fortunate enough to we had a a, a post race lunch. We talked about it a little bit. I wish I had heard about the bike knockover though, because that is, <laughs> that's my favorite visual that I have never seen. But I'm picturing my head. Oh, even the really moment had, it happened, all I could think about was actually like I can't wait to tell Ethan about. Yeah, it. That's all he kept saying. Can't wait to tell your dad about this. I'm like, okay, we get it. <laughs> I could just I can see your face right now, and I can just. <laughs> Hell, you would have stress. just run away from me, though. <laughs> I, I don't know who this person is, but she just knocked over every goddamn bike yes, over there. Somebody stopped. That is you, and you had just walked away. <laughs> but we, but we, um, we, we had a great lunch afterwards, and you guys said, "Hey, you know, if you're not, if you don't have any plans tonight, and you're gonna you wanna watch a movie, check out this movie called Deep Waters." Um, with Ben Affleck and Anna DeArmas. And we had never heard of it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that sounds, I like Ben Affleck, you know. Um, I've never really heard of the movie, but I'll give it a shot. And so I didn't, I, I don't like looking at reviews of any kind before I watch something. I like just to watch it. And I like to just make my own 
assertion of it. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to circle back with you on on it because okay. um, I'm I'm not I'm still kind of uh, my opinion on that movie is still in uh, it's in formulation mode right now. Yeah, um, my ours is too still. Oh, that's not what you said though. <laughs> See well, what we you said was you got to watch it. It's so good. And then the minute you said that, I think uh, Matt said. I think I, I think, think Matt so. said, said. I think Matt I said, said please reset your good. expectations. That's <laughs> what it was. I yes, think, yes, I think yes. I you got to watch it, but lower your yes, expectations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said it's it's not a movie that you've seen before. Is is kind of how it felt yeah. for me. I had not seen. There's a lot of movies you've seen. You're like, oh, I've seen that before. I had not seen this before. Okay, I'll, you know what? I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and and I would, to me, it's like, you know, I don't need every movie to be a cinematic masterpiece. At the end of the day, if it is entertaining, that's what matters the most. Did it, did we get, did it keep our, our, you know, attention span long enough for us not to change the channel or do anything else? And, and that, that happened. We watched the entire thing. Um, <laughs> I think that, but I want, I'm going to ask you a question. No. And, and for all, those of you who have not seen the movie, it's, on Hulu, if you got Hulu, go check it out. Um, without the, there was two guys that I would consider comic relief. Right, one was the guy that was in uh, Get Out, the, the main guy's friend. Yeah, I forget his yep. name now. Um, and then the other guy was a guy who was in Ray Donovan, who played a guy named Bunchy. It was the, you know, the big guy with the bushy hair um, who had the the second party with the pool. That was his house. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. those two people were comic relief, and if you take those two characters out of the movie, yeah, the movie's a train wreck because <laughs> you, it, you, I couldn't ever tell if the movie was taking itself serious or the movie was trying to be. This is what we were comedy, saying. <laughs> or like where it was going. Or where it was going, right? And and it kind of you saw the same note like four times in a row. It was like. This happens, and I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's like this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and you see it at the beginning of the movie, the end of the movie, and throughout. So it's like they're they're definitely showing you this. This has happened before. This will this pattern will happen again. Um, yeah. But I there's some kind of big holes in the in the story for me because his character is supposed. To, he's obviously smart. You know, he's a computer programmer um, made some morally ambiguous choices on, on where to apply his skill, but he he's obviously a smart guy, independently wealthy. And yet some of the moves he made were suspect at best. And I wanted to ask you guys, did you ever say to yourself out loud, he would never do that when you were watching it. I couldn't tell who this character was like, was his character a buttoned up, computer programmer who was so smart and reserved and intelligent or was he a total wingnut? Well, I think that the, I think that was like the whole point for me was like this guy who like you see and but in the background he's like not he's like kind of a baby like an idiot okay. like and <laughs> that I don't know I think that it was like he didn't want to live a boring life. And so he chose to not live a boring life. So you don't think that, let's say that his wife was not the way she was. Let's say that she yeah. was just, 
a normal person, right? You don't mm-hmm. think that he would have been okay with him, with her just being a normal person? I do. You think he, okay. Yeah, I think right. it was, I think that she used that logic of him not, that he wouldn't be happy so that she could do whatever, whatever she, she wanted. But yeah. To me, I was seeing a man who uh, was so desperate to keep this woman that he would allow her to do whatever she wanted and then um, uh, do other things that would prevent her from being with other people, right? um, I also just want to say this is off topic from your question, but um, what town has all these parties? Like I, I felt like they were constantly going to these like wild parties at like really lavish homes, and I was like, "Well, I kind of want to do that." Yeah, all these parties, and then they've got this like huge quarry, and like everything's bikeable, and yeah, it's like um, right, right. Where is this? And where was he meeting all these people? Right, right. exactly. Just a, a, about town, um, yeah. here and there and everywhere. So I, I, I think you just said. So imagine this. Imagine if instead of. Because I feel like there was something there. I do feel the reason why it kept our interest was I kept right. expecting that there'd be some kind of big reveal. And there never really was. Yeah. It just kind of let no. you make your own judgment. I'm okay with that too. But I feel like if they had taken that concept of, okay, here's this, you know, uh, cr- kind of crazy woman who's married to this guy. And by the way, the whole thing with the daughter, like when she said, I have another mommy. Did you hear her say that? The daughter was like, I have another mommy. And then, you know, it's like, uh, then she said, the the husband, the, the dad was just like, oh, well, we don't talk about that. And it's just like, wait a minute, what's that? Like, wait, why? what? Oh, I, don't, I, I missed that. Okay, I missed that. I missed that. They, made, they made it seem like the, the, the wife wasn't the mother also. They made it seem like the uh-huh. wife was, and you could tell, like. That would kind of make sense. And the dad, and right, it would make sense. And Ben Affleck's character, you could tell really cared for the daughter and you could yeah. also tell that her character could give a shit Did really didn't right yeah. so anyways if you if you took the the core the core idea that they played over and over and over again and instead of doing it four times or five times you're giving the impression it happened 20 times just right. just have it happen one time like have yeah. this incredibly successful guy you know who's buttoned up he's got all these friends to your point they go on to all these parties and maybe show their life the way it could be and should be and then all of a sudden something happens one time not with some random guy with blonde hair but maybe that piano teacher like have it happen once have the guy do it once and at the end she kind of covered for him right so maybe have that whole thing just happen one time tighten it up from two hours to an hour and a half I think they could have made that movie a lot better if they had taken the idea a little bit more seriously but instead of just you know, playing the same. I felt like I was at a Grateful Dead show when they were doing space or drums or something. It was like the, it was the same scene over and over again. And at one point, yeah. me and Nicole said, "Wait, is this is again? She's doing it again?" Um, yeah, right. I know that's all we were saying. That's exactly what I said. I was like, "Wait, how is this happening <laughs> again?" Right? It made me hate her. Yeah, we definitely hated her. So yeah. okay, and that's the other thing that I said at the at the end of it with her with uh, Nicole was. That even though the, it wasn't a perfect movie, I think the acting on both of their parts, Ben yeah, and it Anna, good. it was good acting because you yeah, hated yeah. her and you really believe she was a fucking lunatic. 
and you really believed that she was capable of doing all those things, and you yeah. believed the same about him. You believed that I, he was I a did. man who was, you know, capable of yeah. doing these things, right? And all the other actors I yeah. thought was uh, were, were good as well. So uh, yeah. overall, the question is, it, and I'll ask you this question. I've got this written down. If 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 you let's say that next weekend comes and you guys are out having a cup of coffee with a couple of friends or whatever, isn't there a wedding coming up? Did the wedding already happen? No, it's next weekend. Okay, let's say you guys are at the okay. Perfect. You guys are at the wedding next weekend, and you're at this table, and everyone's like, you know, making small talk, drinking their drinks, and someone goes, "Oh, anybody seen any good movies?" Um, are you guys going to recommend that movie? Would you, re- would you recommend that movie at the wedding? No. Okay. Well, thanks for, for recommending it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the same thing that I said to you guys, which was you sh- like, it's worth watching, lower your expectations and you've never seen it before. Okay. Like, I, I don't think I would recommend it just because I feel like they don't know me and there's sure. usually this crazy bitch that comes in and is like, have you watched Deep Water? And then, and then they watch it and they're like, oh my God, who the fuck was that crazy bitch that That's told great. us to watch Deep Water? That's a very valid point. So so I think, yeah, Matt, I've known people for 20 years. I think Matt's description of how to present it is the right one, but I also think that the framework we all have to understand is if you're talking to somebody and you recommend a movie – and then you give a caveat. All they heard was that that person recommended the movie. They're not going to listen to the, <laughs> oh, and by the way, you know, it's like, okay, okay. they said, so if they said it, it's got to be good. It doesn't, whatever he said at the end, it's, no. it's still going to be good. Now, having said all of that, I'm actually, I wouldn't recommend it either, but I'm actually <laughs> glad that I watched it because it's, even though, again, it, I wouldn't call it a masterpiece. By any stretch, no. but it got me thinking, and it got me thinking yeah. about what they were trying to do, how they were trying to do it, what is on the other bookends of of that story, how else could they have done it? Even if part of my thoughts are okay, how would I have done that a different way? I've seen yeah. movies that I didn't like the way it was formatted, but I was just like, okay, enough of that. But this was actually yeah, something right. that we talked about afterwards, and then we talked about it the next day. So it was yeah. thought provoking, uh, good acting. There was some semblance of a story there that, you know, probably could have been told in a lot less time. Um, But I just think the pieces didn't come together. Now, the interesting thing about that is those two met. You probably know this already. Those two met on the set of that movie that started filming before COVID. Okay. And then it wrapped up during COVID. And then COVID hit. They ended up living together for a year during COVID and they were dating and everything was fine. And then COVID was over and now he's married to JLo, but they, Oh my God, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So they, and she's been in a bunch of other things. She was in knives out. She's in the new, uh, Marilyn. Uh, Yep. Yep. I mean, she's a legit actor. Um, and and so is he. So, uh, yeah, I first saw her in, uh, war dogs. Oh wait, she was in War Dogs. She was the girlfriend of the yeah. of not Jonah, but the other guy of uh, Miles. No pregnant. way. Yeah. Oh, oh, we uh, we got another movie to recommend to you. That was speaking of Miles. 
Let's hear oh, it. don't watch this. Okay. No, no, now you have to. Now you have to. not watch this. Let's hear it. What's it called? What's it called? It's called uh, Spiderhead. Spiderhead. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's like an action adventure. I want to see that. No. Yeah. Okay. You oh. don't want to see this. Wow. This is a real. Okay. So let me say, if we're going by the rule that, that, that you, you only hear the recognition and no caveat. Do not watch this movie. <laughs> okay. okay, but... If, but if caveats are allowed, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't... I don't regret that I watched it. I regret I know you, know you want their life back. I want that two hours back. It's like... Uh, yeah. So is it okay, yeah. is it like Charlie Huff? Although it's like four dudes, and they're aren't they going to like steal something or steal somebody or do something that's off the grid? Aren't they like renegade criminals of some kind? Or are they? If we're talking about the same movie, it's no, it's um, who's the guy that played Thor? Oh, Hemsworth. Chris, Chris Hemsworth. So he's the lead. Okay. Okay. And then Miles, whatever his name is. Uh, is the second Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Yeah. Um, uh, the okay. So basically, uh, Chris Hemsworth is a scientist, and he's created um, a prison alternative for people that are in state prison who want to volunteer for this research project. They can go live um, in essentially a bunker in like Hawaii or something. Um, but but inside the bunker, yes, they are locked in there. But they're free to move around. There's great food. Um, you know, it's a very comfortable place. They have dorms. So it's a quote-unquote privilege. Yeah. And while you're in there, though, you're basically subject to whatever psychological, whatever test they want to do on you. Um, and if you don't want to do it anymore, you say uncle and you go back to state prison. So it creates a kind of a really interesting dynamic. First half of the movie, super interesting setup. Second half of the movie, like when Chris Hemsworth's acting really has to be pushed, it 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 comes up way short. Um, but it's an interesting premise, uh, and I don't regret watching it. Although I totally understand why Amelia does. Chris Hemsworth is like a bad guy in the movie, but his acting is like he's acting like he's acting like a bad guy. It's so yeah, you know what that's called? Bad. That's called bad acting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's bad acting. Miles does a good job. Miles it was like if I job. was trying to be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it felt like. It was just like, whoa, this but, feels really weird. By the weird. way, the, the thing I love about, so Matt's description, he was like, you know, caveat, no caveat. And he's like, okay, Chris Hemsworth is a scientist. Like that, uh, that right there is the end of the description of the movie. That's all you need to know. Like that yeah. is a that should be the that should be the way that the the studio sells that movie to Netflix. Yeah. And it should be the reason why you either want to watch it or would never watch yeah. it, right? Um, but so I, let us know when you watch it. I, yeah. I, you know what? Here's the thing. I almost did watch that because it came up and it looked like interesting, and it sounds like it's got. Have you guys ever seen Clockwork Orange? Yeah. 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 Scary movie. Yeah. But that yeah. principle is let's take somebody who's in jail for a while, put them through all this weird psychological yeah. torture, and then let them out early. Um, yep. And I doubt they did it as well as Kubrick did, but I would, I would watch not. that. No, they did not. No, they did not. 
but it's a it's fascinating. Yeah, we watched a few on Yeah, we would love to hear what you think about that, and then we can give you a, we can t- we got another one. We too. did watch about Pam, the one you told me to watch. Ooh. Okay. What about Pam? Yeah. So that good. one. Yeah. That one was great. It's a true story too, which is the most fucked up part about it. I know. We want to watch. We're gonna watch the Dateline now. Uh, well, that's what we did. We watched the thing, and then we went. And the the Dateline is is even crazier. In fact, I'm gonna. Ooh. I'll be honest. We didn't finish the whole. We didn't finish all about what about Pam. We watched you part of it. Me? We didn't watch. No, we watched part of it, and then we're just like, wait a minute, isn't this a Dateline? Like, couldn't we watch the real thing instead of like wondering how much of this is like exposition and how much of this is. Hyperbole. Plus, her the woman who got murdered, the actor that played her husband. I just couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't watch it. I know. So I'm sensing that there might be a new opportunity for, um, uh, you know, you guys. Instead of Matt and Amelia fix everything, it's Matt and Amelia recommend bad movies. And oh, then we, and then we, really oh, then we, we talk about one in the hopper for next time, buddy. Yeah. We got, we got a two and a half hour movie that you can't ever get your life back. And on. let me tell you something. I am the biggest fan of bad movies out there. I will stick yeah. with it. I will finish it. I don't. And, and cause every single movie, good, bad, or indifferent, everything has got redeeming qualities to it. And all yeah. of them got made. So anybody out there yeah. that, that ever wants to, to trash on a movie, guess what? Go make a movie and see how easy it is to do. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I don't know if it was Spiderhead. One of the movies we watched recently, I just looked at Amelia afterwards and I was like, can you believe I was Spiderhead. that they they made that? That is, oh my God. Okay, that's perfect. Like you never know, like you ever see like a movie poster and they'll have all the quotes from the critics. One quote would be, <laughs> I can't believe they made that, Matt Linder. <laughs> yeah, like, that is. It's like somebody read that whole script and then said, you know what? Let's do it. It's magic. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably thought, okay, it's a calculated risk. We got Miles Teller. We got Chris Hemsworth. Totally. Uh, kind of an interesting True. story. It's like, can we get our yeah. money back? We probably can. Could it be a yeah. hit in Japan? Maybe. Could it be a hit in, like, you know, <laughs> South Korea? Maybe. Let's go ahead and do True. it. Yeah. True. You know True. what I mean? Like, it, it's just uh, they've got enough money sloshing around there in Hollywood to make clunkers. Well, guys, you have been uh, so generous with your time. You, you walked us through everything. The people here are on their feet. Um, they've got Thank pictures of uh, fishes and ponds rubbing up against people, and they're, they're giving you the wave, and... <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to hear about what uh, sporting event you guys do next. And here we are in September. Coming up soon is our favorite thing to do here, which is Sober October. Yeah. But, um, I'm not going to do a spoiler uh, alert on what you guys are doing. We're going to leave that in the vault. But yep. you guys have something very interesting um, for your Sober October. I would say oh, yeah. it's revolutionary and probably – Completely one of a kind, innovative in terms of like what that. people have done for Sober October. But yeah. gonna, that, well, that's a teaser for next time. So, guys, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And uh, thank again, you. everybody thank here you. is excited. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Peace. Thank you. We did. Thanks, Ethan.